chat. We have over here, by the way, thank you, Mayor Appledorf. He, he, he set up a chat for our shear. Um, anyone who's not on the chat, it's a WhatsApp chat. So if anyone, anytime we have, a, we need to uh, need to communicate with you. It's very, or, or, or if anyone wants to post anything, you can do as you can do so as well. We have a chat. If you're not on the chat, please let me know so I can add your number. And if you do not have WhatsApp, it doesn't matter. We'll just text you what what whatever is on whatever will go to the WhatsApp will automatically go to a an ordinary text. If you don't have text, then we got to figure it out. We have to figure out a solution. Okay, Rabbi Isai, everyone back? I don't see every. I see, I see, I see only some of the people. All right, whatever it is. Let's learn now about the laws of the laws of davening biyachidus. On the chat, I posted a very nice kuntras uh, from Rabbi Lieberman. Rabbi Lieberman, he has a lot of svarim called halachically speaking, and he every so often he, he puts out new articles and he has a very nice kuntras uh, about it's called tefillah when davening alone. So let's just go through some basic some basic basic principles because now we're really getting used to this idea of davening alone, and we have to refine our technique. Okay, the first thing is, first thing, all the, all the Rabbanim are telling everyone is that when you daven, you, that, that it is absolutely critical that you should set up for yourself daily a seder of when you're going to daven shachris, when you're going to daven mincha, when you're going to daven marif. It is a very harmful thing just to go through the day and do not have a plan. Everyone, when, they, when we had when we had minyanim, which Amir Hashem will have soon again, hopefully very soon, everyone knows I daven shachris at seven o'clock, I daven mincha at three o'clock. Whatever your plans are, daven marv at ten o'clock. Everyone, everyone has a schedule, and every day you go to the schedule. You daven shachris at a set time, mincha at a set time, marv at a set time. Maybe on Sunday it's different. Maybe on Friday it's different. Maybe this day it's different. But you have to have a plan. And just because now we're not davening with Amirim is not an excuse for the person just, oh, I'll daven mincha, you know, when I get around to it. I'll daven shachris, oh, I'll wake up this time, wake up that time. It's a very damaging, harmful uh, thing for a person to get into a routine where he has no say there in tefillah. It's very important to set a time every day at 2 o'clock, I daven mincha. Shachris, I daven at 7.30. Marev, I daven at 9 o'clock. To make a schedule, set an alarm in order to give kovoid to the davening and schedule your day around the davening just like you schedule under normal circumstances you would do the same. Don't take advantage. Yeah. You have to dive right at his mom. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Okay, we'll come down one moment. The next thing is a person has an obligation to dive in the same t- clothing he would wear if he were going to shul. Whatever clothing you would wear, 
when you go to shul, you should wear the same exact clothing when you daven in the, at home. Don't daven in your pajamas. Don't daven in slippers. If that's not the way you would daven in shul, if you would come to shul, you would put on your shoes and you put on a jacket and you would come to shul to daven, it's a disgrace. It's a sin to go and take advantage. Oh, I'm home now, so I'll daven in my slippers, I'll daven in my socks, I'll daven with my shirt tucked without tucking in my shirt. Whatever you would ordinarily do, during had you come to a minion, you have an obligation to do exactly the same thing when you daven at home. Okay, the next thing. The next thing is, as Mayor said, this is a unique halacha. What is what what time should you daven? In Shulchan Aruch, the halacha is this, this, this is a Gemara Masech the Shabbos, which many of you learned not that long ago in the Daf Yomi. There's a discussion as to when a person should daven mincha, when is should daven marif. Is he allowed to engage? Is he allowed to engage in other activities before davening mincha, before davening marif? Are you allowed to sit down to a meal to have lunch before you daven mincha? Are you allowed to take a go to a haircut? There are no barbers anymore until this thing is resolved. But are you allowed to go take a haircut? Are you allowed? to go into, into your business, into your tannery shop. Because once a person begins to engage in an activity, who knows how long it will take, you will forget Dava Mincha. There are different opinions. There are different opinions in the Mishnah. There are different opinions in the Mishnah, and the Ramah. What exactly the laws are, they are complex, the different Minhagim. We are generally very lenient. The reason why we are very, very lenient each person according to their custom is because we have set times to daven. And having a set time to daven is equivalent to having someone remind you. If every single night you daven at 10 o'clock, that's when you daven Ma'arif. You go to a shir, and, you, and after the shir is over, you daven Ma'arif or whatever it is. So then, even though the Zman Kriyashma has arrived, even though it's Zman Tseisakichavim, and there's a mitzvah in front of you to daven Ma'arif or to say Kriyashma, we will let you get away with it and engage in and have, sit down to dinner. We let you learn a daf yomi. Go to a, go go learn a daf gemara. Your person is allowed to go and have a conversation about his business at, at eight o'clock at night, even though it's past seisak Chavim, and you should be reciting kriyashma and you should be davening Mayriv, because since every single night you have a minion kavua, you have a set time to daven, and there's social pressure, that's really the key word. Okay, we're used to social distancing, we've got to become accustomed to this new term called social distancing, but a much more appropriate term is social pressure. Social pressure. Being that there is social pressure, you go every single night to Marv. If you don't come to Marv, where did this guy go? How come he's not here tonight? How come we haven't seen him? And you want to be there for your own benefit. Coming to shul is a social event, and that's a wonderful thing. Some people say it's not a good thing. I totally, who am I to disagree, but I, I totally disagree. The social element of davening creates, creates a, has a life of its own, which can be extremely beneficial in many, many ways. If it's, if it's looked at it, if it's, if it's treated that way, if it's not, not to be abused to talk during davening, and to make davening into purely nothing more than a social event, not to, not to come close to Hashem. But if you're coming close to Hashem, and you're using as a tool a social, the social engagement, that is such a powerful uh, concept, it overrides, it allows you to get away with murder. 
It allows you, it can be in the wintertime, 5 o'clock, it's Sesak HaKochavim. Guess what? You don't have to daven. You don't have to say Kriyashma. You don't have to daven. Myriv for five hours. Could you imagine? Five hours? How could you let five hours go by without being Mekayim, the mitzvah, the Oiraisa of Kabolas Ol Malchus Shomayim? Middle of the winter, five o'clock, Sesakachavim, eh, I'll say Kriyashma at 10 o'clock. What are you kidding? You're going to wait five hours? That's right. The social pressure. The social engagement of going to Davamar B'tzibor is so powerful, it allows you to delay your Marv until then. But now, in these few weeks, that we do not have that social pressure, the halacha, the Iker Hadin, is banging on our doors. And the Iker Hadin is, once the Zman Mincha arrives, you should not be sitting down to have a lunch. You should not be on the telephone. You should not be working and engaging in complicated transactions and, 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 and different, different affairs, financial things, because you, that's the halacha. Once the zman has arrived, you have an obligation to daven. Who knows how long these things will take? So this now has been reactivated. Since today we are not davening with Sibur, and the rabbanim are very, very tough, they're very, very strong, not to allow us to daven with to allow us to daven with a minion. Therefore, you have to combine these two things that we've said together. It is critical that a person now should set aside a time during the day when he davens shachris, when he davens mincha, when he davens ma'arif. Choyk v'loyavar. Every day at two o'clock, I daven mincha no matter what. Every day at eight o'clock, I daven ma'arif. Every day, I daven shachris at 7.30. Whatever it is, every person, each to his own. Besides this principle that you must set aside a very specific time and put yourself and have your day revolve around when you're going to daven, you, it would appear, it would appear that it would be correct that the zamanim that you established for yourself to daven should be earlier rather than later. Whereas the entire year, you can get away with davening marv at 10 o'clock, now you should not be allowed to get away with that. Now you should establish for yourself to daven Ma'arif at 8 o'clock or 8.30 because, because since there is no social pressure, no one is coming to check up on you, no one, you don't feel any need to engage, then the Iker Hadin is, once the Zman of Tefillah has arrived, you have an obligation to daven immediately. There's a mitzvah upon you. Mitzvah habol al Okay, let's now go to another, another halacha about davening. In the home, I find this to be a big problem. Wherever you turn around, there's a mirror. There's a mirror. You have to be careful not to daven in front of a mirror. It's not proper. Why? Number one, it looks like you're davening to yourself. And, and number two, and number two, it's distracting. When you're davening in front of a mirror, it is very distracting. I would think that diving, if, if diving in front of a mirror is distracting, al achas kama v'kama ben davening, having in front of you one of these devices is even more distracting. So bishlam, when you're in shul, so you're not gonna, you're not so quickly gonna take out your smartphone in shul, even though people do it all the time, unfortunately. But there's a little, there's some social pressure that someone is going to, uh, 
It's always going to see with your phone, so you're not going to take it out so quickly if you're in a shul that they're machsh of davening. But at home, when no one is watching, it's very easy to get distracted. It would be a very good idea to leave your phone in a different room when you daven mincha, you daven mariv v'chulu. Now, do you have to stand? This is very interesting. I never, never really, never, never, never saw this halacha about Rabbi, Rabbi Lieberman. He pointed, he, he, he made this, this point that what psuke de zimmer. Generally, you have generally whatever you do in shul, you should do at home. But but it seems that the ikar hadin there are certain parts of davening that we stand. We're only standing because of kavoyit hatzibur. And if you davening bichidis, it would not be necessary to stand for those parts of davening. Now, what those parts of davening are, it's not really so important, but one example that's referred in the Ramah is Yishtabach. Yishtabach says, says, Yishtabach we stand, most of us stand when we say Yishtabach, when we finish Pesuket the Zimra, and in the Ramah, there's a parish of the Ramah called the Ateres Zekenim, that says that when you say, if you davening b'yechidus, you don't have to stand for Yishtabach. However, that's not the common minig. Okay, the common minig is that you should indeed stand for Yishtabach even if you're davening b'yechidus. It is something to keep in mind that when we, a lot of, sometimes when we stand, we don't always stand because, because the, the, it's correct. The, the, the tefillah demands that we stand in at this point. Sometimes when we stand, we're standing because of the kavod hatzibur. And Yishtabach appears to be one of those examples. I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe it's because Baruch Hu, it leads into Baruch Hu. Baruch Hu, you must stand. So you're not going to say Baruch Hu, so you do not need to stand. I'm not exactly sure, but it's interesting to point out that some hold that Yishtabach, you don't have to stand. Okay. You can say, Kadosh, 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 Hashem, Tzivakais, Meloi, Cholaritz, Kivadoi, in the Birchas Kriyashma. Some have a minog that if you're not saying it with the tzibur, you should you should say the trap. You should sing it with the with the ta'ameha mikra. So it should not be considered because there is a degree of davasha bekedusha when you say kadosh 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 and baruch kavod Hashem kamei in the brachos of kriyashma. And after baruchu between in the bracha before shema. So you can do it. We all know this. You can say it even biyichidus. But when you're saying it biyichidus, if you know the if you know the tamei hamikra, that would be a little bit better. Kriyashma, a person should not forget to say kel melech neman because we, as a tradition, there's supposed to be 248 words corresponding to the ramach evadim, the 248 limbs of a person. And if you're not davening when you when you're davening with the tzibur, when the shliach tzibur repeats the words. Hashem, repeats the words Hashem Elokechem Ms. That that is mashlim from 245 to 248. But when you're all alone, then you cannot forget to say Kel Melech Neman Shmona Esrei. When you daven at when you daven at home, can you daven the Shmona Esrei out loud? In Shul, the halach is you have to say the Shmona Esrei quietly, not to disturb somebody else. But at home. You have an advantage. It's a very interesting thing. At home, we have an advantage. When you daven Yechidus, you're allowed to daven the Shmona Esrei out loud if it will enhance your Kavana. We learn from Chana, Chana Sifsoisechonois, that she was daven in a whisper, that her lips were moving, but it, sound was not heard. 
that was because she was davening publicly. People should not hear her prayer. If you're davening b'yechidus, when no one is listening to you, then the Paiskim say, it's brought down in Shulchanach, you're allowed to daven loud. If you find that davening loud will enhance your concentration. I think davening at home, a lot of people have that. It's something very good. You can say the words a little bit better if you can say it just even at least, at least a, little, a little bit louder than you ordinarily would. Now this is something very interesting. I never knew this. Something interesting over here. He writes about when Shemona Esrei is over, you take your three steps back. Unfortunately, most people, when they daven Shemona Esrei at Shachris, they take their three steps back when Shemona Esrei is over. And that's it. They say, And they walk forward and they're done. And they're, complete, they're completely done. The ideal thing to do is to take three steps back and to stand there and to wait for Chazar Sashatz to begin. And then when the Shliach Tzibur, he begins, when the Shliach Tzibur comes to Machaya HaMesim, you take three steps forward and you participate in Kedusha. So he says here, he recites all the various sources that when the, if a person does what he's supposed to do and, he's, and he does not, he takes his three steps backwards and he remains there in that location until Chazor Sashatz begins, make a calculation. How much time do you normally stand in that location? The same amount of time you stand in that location, you stand in that location when you're in shul, that's how much time you should stand there at home. Isn't that amazing? In other words, if you dive in the minion every single day, you dive in a very quick Shemona Esrei, and you have to wait for the Shleach Tzibur to begin, and it, you stand there in that location for two minutes, 120 seconds, until the shleir, from the time that you finish your Shemona Esrei, until the Shleach Tzibur gets up to Mechaye uh, HaMesim, and you just stand there patiently, whatever you're doing, and then you move forward when it comes to Tchiyas HaMesim, Mechaye HaMesim, you should stand there the same amount of time when you're davening B'yechidus. In other words, try not to lose the momentum, try not to lose track of, what you, of, of, of the way you conduct yourself, the way you conduct yourself when you are B'yechidus, whatever you do, whatever you do in shul is what you should do at home. Okay, next halacha. Okay, now it's not no ge'a tachnon. Okay, we're not saying tachnon because it's chodesh nisan, but if, when, when we were saying tachnon, there's a whole question, you fall on your face. If we were in, we wouldn't spend a lot of time on tachnon. If you were in Yerushalayim, we know Yerushalayim, the entire Yerushalayim is in the presence of the Shechina. You can fall on your face even if you do not have a Sefer Torah in your presence. In Chutz Liaretz, the Minig is the only time you fall on your face if there's a Sefer Torah. There's no Sefer Torah, you do not fall on your face. There are many people that hold that if there are Sepharim, Sifri Kodesh in the room, you have a Gemara, you have a Chumash, there are Sepharim, Sepharim is equivalent to a Sefer Torah in regard to Allah, you want to fall on your face. It's not again now, and hopefully by the time we get back to St. Tachnon, this horror should be over. Okay, likewise, the Hirat signs, we don't have Kriya Satoira. After, after, after Kriya Satoira, we say a series of Hirat signs. It's not Nogea now, but if it would be Nogea, again, you would not say the Hirat signs be Yechidus. Okay, Asher Valetzion is regular, even though you're all alone. You can say the Asher Valetzion. You can say the Atok Kadosh Yeshev Tilois Yisrael Vikara Zelzev Yamar Kadosh Kadosh Kadosh. Lechatchila, you should say it with the Nigun, with the Trub, if you can. Okay, next. Next, 
next issue is Kriya Satoira. Okay, Kriya Satoira, is there an Indian to lane from a Chumash on Monday and Thursday when we do not, when we're supposed to lane? Is there an Indian on Shabbos to read the parsha from a Chumash? So technically, no. There is no halachic requirement for a person to read the parsha, to read the parsha, Yidav and Shachris, Yidav and Musaf, and in between Shachris and Musaf, technically there's no obligation for you to get a Chumash and to read the parsha. Kriya Torah is done with Tzibur from a kosher Sefer Torah. If you do not have a Tzibur and you do not have a kosher Sefer Torah, even doesn't make a difference, there's no Indian. Some people will ask the question if they have at home a Sefer, some people have a private Sefer Torah. They have a Sefer Torah in their home and they don't have a minion. Is there an Indian to read from the Sefer Torah? No, no such thing. The only Indian to read is 10 people to read from a kosher Sefer Torah. If you're missing one of these two elements, there's no halachic requirement. You do not read, there's no demand to read from a Chumash, there's no need to read from a Sefer Torah. And Adarabah, if you don't have a minion, then I don't think it's not a good thing. If you do not have a minion, then Adarabah, you're not supposed to take out a Sefer Torah and lane from it as if you're laning Kriya Satara. Because you only take out a Sefer Torah to lay when you have 10 people. And if you take out, you don't have ten people. It's not. It does not appear to be correct to take out the sefer Torah to lane. However, a person should not forget that you have an obligation of shnayim mikra v'echot targum. So many, many people, unfortunately, are very, very lax in this Indian. They do not. They're not mekayim shnayim mikra v'echot targum. There is no excuse. This is the very point I want to make now. Is at a very critical point. There is no excuse for not being Mekayim, Shnayim, Mikra, Viechotargum. Unfortunately, the vast majority of the population, the reality is they don't do it. Let's be realistic now, okay? Let's not make believe we don't know the reality. The reality is people are not being Mekayim, Shnayim, Mikra, Viechotargum. The only, the only saving grace for these people who are Nichshol and not being Mekayim, Shnayim, Mikra, Viechotargum is at least they go to Shul on Shabbos and they hear Kiriya Satoira. That's the only saving grace. There's no excuse not to do it. You don't, you don't do it. How could you not do it? All right, at least you heard the parasha Kriya Satoira. But Rabbi say now that we're not hearing Kriya Satoira, now it's an absolute must. There are no games. It is an absolute must to do Shnayim Mikra V'Echotargum. You cannot get away with it now. During these few weeks, when we'll get back to Shul and we'll have Kriya Satoira, alright, so you don't, a person's not going to do it, what are you going to do? But now is the time in your life when you must do Shnayim Mikra V'Echotargum because you have nothing else. There's an Indian of hearing the Parshas HaShavua. There are two ways to go about hearing the parasha Sashavua. There is Kriya Satoira and there is Shnayim Mikra Viechotargum. You're Mechuyiv to do both. If you don't do both, at least you have one. If you're not going to do Shnayim Mikra Viechotargum, no, at least you have Kriya Satoira. But if you're not having Kriya Satoira and you're not having Shnayim Mikra Viechotargum, Rachman Litzlon, what do you have? What do you have? Where's the parasha? Where's the Torah gone? So this is something that is super duper critical. You don't hear the Rabbanim talking about this, but this is something you have to keep in mind. You must do now. 
Now it goes without saying, it's a very beautiful thing that on Shabbos and on Yom Tif, that even if you do and you don't have a Sefer Torah, it's a beautiful thing to read the parasha between Shachris and Musaf, who's stopping you. You have no obligation to do so, but it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to do to read, to read, to read the Chumash. I know, I know a family, they have a nice, nice, nice size family. They have a, they, they, they daven on Shabbos v'yichidus. They all daven together. They all sit around together, daven together. And he told me they have a men's section and a women's section. <laughs> the family comes together. The mother and the daughters are on one side. The men are on the other side. And they daven in one room. They daven together. And then after they finish Shachris, they take turns basically reading the parsha. They take turns. The father reads two aliyahs, the son reads the next two aliyahs, then the next son, the next aliyah, and they, they go back. There's no obligation, but it's a beautiful thing not to forget the, you, you, to, to, to lay in the parsha. Next, very important halacha. Shabbos, or even during the weekday, your family is sitting around. It's, this is going to be relevant when it comes to Pesach, and people will have more people in their home. Not necessarily going to have any guests for Shabbos or Yom Tif, but you'll have a, a, more people will be present do you need to have a mechitza in your home when you daven shachris? To separate between the men and the women? The answer is no. You do not need a mechitza. You only need a mechitza in a base hakneses, a mokoim that is miyuchod litvila. A mokoim that's miyuchod litvila has a din of a mikdash ma'at. A mikdash ma'at and a mikdash ma'at has is a derice according to Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein holds that the, the obligation to have a mechitza in the Beis HaKneses, a makom miyuchu letfila, is a din derice. It comes from the Pasik um mikdashi tirahu. We won't spend a lot of time on this. Um mikdashi tirahu, you shall fear my sanctuaries. Part of the, part of a component of, of fear is a separation of the genders, men and women, a mechitza. But that's only in a mokim that is designated for prayer. A home is not a place designated for prayer, and therefore you do not need a mechitza. Men can daven here, women over there in the same room. You can see each other. As long as everyone is dressed properly, you can daven in front of one another. It is, it is permitted. Kalisha is another shayla. Yeah? Rabbi yes. Yeah, on this score... Just uh, reminded me many, many years ago, this young Israel of Midwest, in the beginning of their uh, history, they were they were wandering from store to store, place to place, and at one point, they were out of a place at all. They didn't have any place where to dump. And uh, I, uh, I was a young man here in the neighborhood, and I offered them my basement. And they, they made a minion here for three shabbosim, for three shabbosim in my basement, and we put up a mechitza. Some some women came, and some men. I davened there with them also, and then they found a place. Just right. So you made you made your you made your basement into a mokay miyuchod litzvila. You made it into a shul. It was a shul. The common example is people don't know the halacha. A base ovel happens all the time. In the base of El, women want to daven also, right? There are men davening, there's a minion of men davening, and then the, on the side there are women, there are always women, and they also want to daven, and they start davening, or even if they're not davening. 
are the men allowed to daven when the women are in the same room? In the shul, it's unheard of. And the answer is yes. The women can daven together on the side. Obviously, yeah, yeah, you know, there is, should, 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 should be but there is no need for there to be a mechitza even at the time of tzfilah in the base ovel between the men and the women because a home is not a location that is designated for prayer. If it was a place designated for prayer, you would need a mechitza. I'll give you another example. We always daven in, in a wedding hall. You have a wedding hall and the men go to the side and they daven mariv. But how could you do that? In the very same big room, there are women sitting all over the all, all, all the place. So let's say in the lobby, there are women. Where is the mechitza? The answer is a wedding hall is not a place that is designated for prayer. However, and I once saw this, it's an amazing one. Well, let's say you have, I was once at a wedding, and the wedding took place in a shul, and the chuppah was in the shul. And they took away the mechitza. Because at a chuppah, you don't have a mechitza. The men sit on one side. The women sit on the other side. A chuppah is not a uh, is not tefillah. So there's no need for a mechitza at the time of the chuppah. After the chuppah was over, the men wanted to daven myriv. And it was a very, very large shul. And Rabbi Reisman was there. And Rabbi Reisman from Madison, a good of Madison, he said, he told, and they, they were about to start davening Meir, and he told the people, you must have a mechitza. This is a shul. This is a Beisach Knesset. We're in the shul, we're in the sanctuary at this moment. And there are women all over the place. So you just can't, this is not a wedding hall. Center, they have that, yeah. This is not, if, if we were in the, in, in the ballroom and you want to go down on the side, then you don't need a mechitza. If we're in the lobby and you know, go on the side, you don't need a mechitza. But this is the sanctuary. And in the sanctuary, the mechitza was taken apart, disassembled because there was a chuppah. So when the sanctuary, when the, when the, was, when the mechitza was taken apart, okay. So, so if we, because, because the chuppah is not a, is not a zman, of, is not, is not a, is not, is not mincha ma'ariv, it's not tefillah. But if you want to go daven now, ma'ariv, you must put the mechitza back up to separate yourselves from the women. It's a mitzvah de'oraisa, u'mikdoshi tirahu. And if you don't want to put up the mechitza, then go out into the lobby. Go out into a makam that's not miyuchu l'tefillah. So in that instance, they talk, they had a mechitza, the mechitza was there on wheels, and they, and they, they put the mechitza around themselves couple of men, they put the mechitza, and it was like a little, a, little, a little awkward. They had this big shul, and the women were talking, and, and, and uh, were, were walking around on, on, the, on the other side, and the men made a little mechitza around themselves, ten people, to daven marit. So at home, your home is not a mokum yuchel letvila, you do not need, you do not need to make, you do not need to make a mechitza at home when you all, the families, daven together. But of course, like I told you, it goes without saying that everyone has to be properly dressed. And if it's not your wife or husband, then it's not necessarily, it's not halachically uh, invalid, but obviously it's not, it's not, it's neistic. You know, there are a lot of jokes now circulating about everyone is dressed up in masks and, 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 and gowns. They go to the supermarket and they buy food and they come home and then when the husband or the wife takes off the mask, they realize, uh-oh, this is not my husband. <laughs> I took off from the supermarket the wrong man <laughs> or the wrong woman. 
Okay, there are a lot of funny jokes. Nothing is funny anymore. I've no, all the jokes came to an end after, after all the horrors that we're hearing about and we're experiencing amongst ourselves. Okay, next item on the agenda for davening, davening at home. Davening at home. Yes. Second. Yeah, hi. Just that's what Rabbi Moshe said. If you're stuck someplace, you're in a pizza, not a kosher mechitza, you could do it only once. Because for one time, it's not your makom kumpur to daven. Interesting. Once you start to do there on a normal basis, then it's a makom kumpur to mechitza, not kosher. You have to leave the shul. Wow. But if you were stuck someplace and the mechitza was only three feet high or four feet high, you're allowed to daven there once. But you can't come back and make it like this is going to be your place. Interesting, and, interesting. Yeah, Very interesting. Okay. Right, that was a shul. That was a, that was a real shul. Okay, right, that, there was a real shul. And they took away... <laughs> okay, next. Let's quick, 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 quick do up. Now, on Shabbos, now... If hopefully it won't come to this, but if we're still in quarantine by by uh, by Pesach, a person can say Yizkor at home. Okay, it's it's not it's not Yehoreg uh, Yavar to come to say Yizkor with a minion. Yizkor can be said bechidus. Now this confusing the Yukum Porkin Yukum Porkin. Some of the Sedurim there we say on Shabbos. Every Shabbos we say two Yukum Porkins. Yukum Porkin Min Shemaya. Now, opening up the Arch Girl Sitter. And the Arch Girl Sitter presents the Yukum Porkin. And it writes over here, Bashari Ephraim, Kosov. Here are the instructions. She'ain Oymim Yukum Porkin Hasheni, Umit Sheberach Kishem Espalim Bichidus. Uvimishnabrura, Kosov. Okay, so here are the two different opinions. The first opinion is that you're only not allowed to say, you're only not allowed to say the second Yukum Porkin. And the reason is very Andi Yihiratsan. Why? Because it's discussing the Tzibur. It's discussing the Tzibur. What does it say? It says, Lachol Kihola Kadisha Hodain. May Hashem. Be good, bring siyata, deshmaya, and blessing to this assembly. Rav, Rivaya im Zeiraya, the old with the young. Taflo, Neshaya, the children, the women. Malko, Yom Yivarech, Yasoyin, it's written, Belushon, Rabin. Whereas, the first Yukum Porkin is not discussing, is not discussing the Tzibor. It's a general, it's a general blessing. It's a general blessing, and what does it say? Limoronon, Vrabonon, Chavurosa, Kadishosa, Divara di Israel, Vidibavavel. It's not discussing this Kihila, this assembly. It's discussing Klal Israel. So the Shari Ephraim says you can say the first Yukum Porgen. The second one that is a Yuk, the Nusuch is geared towards this specific. Kihila. Well, there is no kihila. Yedavning biyachidus. This second one should be omitted. And likewise, according to the Shari Ephraim, he says, don't say the Mishaberach. Now, the Mishaberach is not in Aramaic. The Mishaberach is in Hebrew. 
But who is the Mishabeach written about? The Tzivor Mishabeach Avaseinu Avram Yitzchak Yivarches Kol Akahol Hakadosh Hazeh. This assembly, what assembly? Yedadim Biyachidus. So according to the Sharia Frayim, it would appear that the primary focus of saying or not saying these additional tefillahs depends on the translation of the words. Who is it geared to? Who is it referring to? The first Yukum Purkin is referring to who? Is referring to general, to general of Klal Yisrael. You can say it. The second one, and the, the Mishabeach, that is in Hebrew, is referring to this particular assembly, which does not exist, so you may not say it, period. Now, then, the Mishnabrura does not discuss, does not discuss the Yehirat sign. The Mishnabrura only discusses the Yekum Purkun, and he says, don't say any of them. Why? Why wouldn't you want to say even the first one? So the way the Mepharshim explains over here, and halakhically speaking, Rabbi, Rabbi Lieberman, he explains, Libowitz, Libowitz. Rabbi Libowitz, he explains, is because it's an Aramaic. And a tefillah that is composed in Aramaic needs the Malachi Hashores to assist in bringing it to the presence of the Riboyne Shalolam. The Malachi Hasharis are not big fans of Aramaic. If the Mishaberach, if, if the Yukon Perkin was written in English or in Latin or in, or in Russian, in Spanish, Portuguese, okay, or Farsi, then maybe, yeah, maybe then we would be able to say the Yukon Perkin. So why don't we say it in English? I don't know. It's a very good question. Why, according to the Mishnabura, why don't we already just say it in English then? But you cannot recite a prayer that is written in Aramaic, Be'echidus. A prayer that is written in Aramaic can only be recited in the presence of a tzibor. Lemaynaf gemina, it would appear that according to the Mishnah Brura, you should be able to recite the Yehirat sign. The Yehiratzen is written in Bulashayin HaKodesh. And even though it's referring to the Tzibor, who Yivarech has kol hakohol hakodesh hazeh, im kol kilos hakodesh, we can be creative. We can be creative in translating those words as a reference to the assembly of Klal Yisrael. It's not the end of the world to recite a prayer that's written in the reference to a Tzibor. We, we, we can get away with it. It's not the end of the world. So it comes out, it appears to be, if I'm not mistaken, a major machlekes between the Share Ephraim and the Mishnabura. These three paragraphs that are recited every Shabbos, there are two Yukum Porkins, and there is one Mishaberachi Hirotzain. What do you do if you're davening Bechidus? According to the Mishnah Berura, it would appear the only thing that you cannot do is recite a prayer that was composed in Aramaic. So you can't say it. Don't say both Yukum Porkins. But you should say the Mishaberach. What about saying the two Yukum Porkins in English or saying it, if there is a Hebrew translation, 
I didn't see this inside, but it would appear that there was no objection. Because the problem with the Yukum Purkun is the Aramaic element of the, of the prayer, not the fact of saying the prayer. According to the Share Ephraim, it's not an issue of Aramaic. He says you can say the first Yukum Purkin, but you cannot say the second Yukum Purkin, and you cannot say the Yihirasim because it's composed, Bulashon Rabim, focusing on the Tzibor, and the Tzibor is not present. That is, that is, comes out the issue between the issue between the difference between these two opinions. Okay, now let's go to another another halacha. Now let's talk in general. In general, what's going to be when? What's going to be? What's going to be when? When uh, we come back to shul, when this 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 whole thing is over, and we come back. We come back to uh, Shul. Are we going to lay in the previous parashiyos that we missed out on? So he writes over here a little bit. He discussed this a little bit. The Orach HaShulchan seems to say that you can make up all of the missing parashiyos. Which would mean that for many people, you would have to go back and lay in from Kisisa. Could you imagine you'll be in Shul the whole day? We're already going to have to lay in Kisisa. Vayakel Pekude, Vayikra, Sav, who knows, maybe Shmini, and Shmini, Shmini. So you'll be learning, can you imagine such a long davening? Where are we going to find the Valkyria? How many Rabbi Bayevskis are there out there? And Moshe Bayevskis out there that are going to be able to lane in one shot Parshas Kisisa, Parshas Vayakel Pekude, Parshas Vayikra, Tzav, Shmini. That's what the Aruch HaShulchan appears to the Paskin. In Shulchan Aruch, he says no such thing. You only can lane one week. You lane, you lane only the previous week. So what does it mean the previous week? Let, let's say we are going to merit to be able to go back to Shul, Parashash Shemini. So here's the question. Does that, will that allow us to lane Tzav? Because we had a break. We had a hefsik of Pesach in the middle. It seems yes. It seems you can go back, even though even though you, there, there was a hefsik of an entire week in the middle, you can go back. And it, it would appear, if I'm not mistaken, that is the common minik. He writes about that. The minik is not like the Aruch HaShulchan. The minik appears to be like what it says in Shulchan Aruch, you can make up one parasha. It would appear that if we are zoiche to return to the Beis HaKnesses for Shabbos Parsha Shemini, that is the Shabbos after Pesach, I don't know what's going to be, I have no idea what's going to be, but let's let's make believe that after Pesach, Parsha Shemini, we're allowed to go back to the Beis Haknesses. Then we would be laying a double header. It's going to be Tzav and Parsha Shemini. That appears to be what is going to happen if if we merit going back to Shul. Only two Parshiyos. Maybe you'll hear about people that are going to have many, all the parashiyos, good for them. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It seems like we're going to make up only two parashiyos. Okay, next topic. Abayisai, did you do Kiddush Levana yet? Last night was the first night of Kiddush Levana L'Cholodeus. It's already, the, what is it, the seventh? You have to do Kiddush Levana. When you do Kiddush Levana, what happens when it comes to Sholem Aleichem? Do you say it to yourself? 
Do you say to yourself, Shalom Aleichem? The answer is yes. You can say Shalom Aleichem to yourself. Do you say it three times? I think you can. You can say it three times. If you have another person to say Shalom Aleichem to, it will answer you back. Aleichem Shalom, very, very nice. But if you don't have anyone else, you're all alone. It's part of the Nusuch. You don't need, you don't need to have another person to say Shalom Aleichem to. You can just say it three times to yourself. Shalom Aleichem. What? Your wife or your kids. Your wife or your kids. It's very interesting. Lachari, yeah. I would assume the answer is yes. Your kids for sure, for sure. Your wife, why don't women do why don't women do Kiddush Levana? There's a whole there's a big topic of discussion. Is it called is it called the mitzvah sasesha asman grama? This all big machos, what is the definition of mitzvah sasesha asman grama? It's, it's it's part of it's a it's part of the nature of the world that the moon renews itself. The Pashtun says women are chayiv in Kiddush Levana. The only reason why they don't do Kiddush Levana is because, because it's not sneistic and it's not safe for a woman to go out in the middle of at night in a place that's dark to go, they're vulnerable at, at this moment to be outdoors in the dark. Now you'll say that today in America it's not true, you are correct, but we're going back to ancient times. Ancient times there were no uh, there, were no, there was no light outside, it was dark outside. In the beginning of the month, the light of the moon is very, very minimal. It can be dangerous, there can be some lurking out there that can, that can, uh, that can uh, who knows what he can do to a woman. So it's, it's, not, it's not something which Chazal were massacred for Noshim, being that it's called Kivuda Bas Melech Penima. You'll argue that in today's day and age it's no big deal, and if we don't consider it to be a mitzvah, why should it be any different? You're right, but it was never established for them in their time, so women don't have to do it today. So if you want to say shalom to your wife, it should not, should not make a difference. If you have no one to say shalom to, you can say it to yourself. You can say it because some hold that the words shalom aleichem is not necessarily meant to be a greeting to another fellow. It's, 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 it's part, I don't remember all the details, it was part of a code. It was part of a code, a of how we remembered. It's a What does he say? Uh, on the, on the, that it's a code. Shalom was the prove you were a Jew. It wasn't necessarily meant. We're saying it not actually greet your friend. We're saying it, it's part of the Nusach field. There's a history of how they were Mekadesh, how they would, would, would spread the word that it's Rosh Chodesh, because the, the, not to make a mistake in the calendar, and they were Goyim, or they were Jews that were, that were the Tzitoikim, that were trying to make trouble, and to ruin our calendar. So it had to be done in a way to make sure that there was no mistake. So there were codes. The person, the person who was saying it was uh, was Jew. So the Maimon. So it's not necessarily a, a, a statement that's meant that that someone should respond to you. No one's telling you to. No one's asking you to respond. So therefore, if you don't have a you don't have a min, you can say you can say it. You can say it to yourself. You can give yourself shalom. Also, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not the end of the world. Okay. Um, okay. Now, um, okay, anything else we need to, we need to know? Okay, um, 
Shabbos Mincha, very, very important. Shabbos Mincha, even though we do not have Kriya Satoy, we skip everything, but a person must say the Pasik Va'ani Sefilo Silacha Hashem Esrach, Son Lakim Brav Chastecha, Aneni Be'emes Yeshecha. That line is not part of laning. That is a line that is a, that is a, a, a sentence that's meant to be said after you finish. It's a special moment. It's, it's, it's the climax of the Koyach of Tfilo, Shabbos Mincha, to say the words, Also, Shabbos Mincha is very interesting. Uh, and Shabbos Mincha, you should be careful to daven Mincha early, early, earlier in the day. Okay, that can now, next, other, 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 halacha, other, other, other issues of Tfilo. Now this is, everyone is talking about this, this topic, this is a big topic of discussion. Right now I'm mentioned it to me, I spoke to yesterday to someone else, he was also telling me all the different opinions, and that is, Lel Pesach, all of you have different minhagim regarding, regarding uh, saying Halal after Myrif. Some There are different minhagim, some people have a minhag that they go to Shul, uh, uh, Pesach night, Lel Pesach, and after Shemoyne Esrei in the Beis HaKnesses, before they, res- they say Kaddish Tiskabel, they recite the entire Hallel with a Beracha. Okay, does anyone have that minuk? I'm sure people have that minuk. In the Beis HaKnesses, after Shemoyne Esrei, before Kaddish Tiskabel. And then there are people that have the custom that they, do, they first finish the Shemoyne Esrei, and they first finish Ma'arif, they say Kaddish to Skabel. They say Aleinu, Kaddish Yosam. They make the announcements. They sing Adon Olam. And everyone, half the shul goes home. And the people who do not go home, they get together. And in shul, they say Hallel with a Baruch, the full Hallel. And then there are the people who go home, who just go home. So the question is, the people who do linger in shul and do say Hallel with a Baruch, what do you do if you're not davening with a minion? All these are these are not shilas unique to this year. These are shilas of the whole every time memorial where people don't go to shul. They're not everyone goes to shul. Lel Pesach. There are people who are zikenim. Someone's not feeling well. You daven at home. Yechidus. So if you davening yechidus, then the lel say there. Do you? And if you would have gone to shul, you would have said halal with a baracha. With a tzibur, now that you're not going to shul and you're staying home, and you do you say halal with a bracha after Shmona Esrei before you say Oleinu? So this is the question. So the answer is it depends. It, 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 there, there are different. There, it, the poskim I heard already two opinions on this. In Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber, that's the makar for this, it says bitzibur, bitzibur. After Mariv, after Shemona Esrei, we say Halel B'tzibur. There are some Poiskin that say the word B'tzibur is to be taken literally. If you don't have a minion, then you do not say Halel at home when you daven Mariv after Shemona Esrei. And I've heard other Poiskin say no. When it says in Shulchan Aruch, B'tzibur, all it means is in Shul. In shul, in addition to saying Hallel at the Seder without a bracha, when you sit down, you break it up between the first part of the Haggadah, the first before Shulchan Aruch, after Shulchan Aruch, there's also a din to say Hallel as part of Ma'ariv. 
And when it says in Shulchan Aruch, a bit seaboard, it's not to be taken literally that you need 10 people. But seaboard means you say ma, yidav, you say halal in shul. In other words, part of the nusuch of Mairiv. So this year, when you're not going to be diving Mairiv in shul, you can be diving Mairiv at home. So you can say halal with a bracha after you finish the Shemayna Esrei. Halachalamaisa, what do you do? So it could be. I don't know if this is clear, if this is correct, but it could very well be that it all depends on what you ordinarily would do. If you ordinarily would say Hallel before you say Kaddish to Skabel, then that is an indication that when it says B'tzibur, Tzibur just means it's part of the Mairif prayer. And then you can say it at home with a bracha. But if in your shul they do not say halal before, shmo, before Kaddish to Skabel, they say Kaddish to Skabel, and then they say Olenu, and then Adon Olam, and there are announcements, and there are people that linger, and together they, they get together and they say halal, then they're showing that it's not part of the din of Mairiv, it's a din in saying halal b'tzibur, and if you are a yochid, you do not say halal. Okay, so this is what the hachra, being that there is clearly a machlekes apayskim, as to what it means in the mechaber when the mechaber says that you should say halal b'tzibur. Does b'tzibur to be is it to be taken literally, or does b'tzibur mean that it's part of the nusach of tefillah? I'll give you an example. If you don't daven with a minion pesach morning, do you say halal? Of course you say halal. What do you mean? But, but I'm not diving with a tzibur. So what? If you're, if you're saying halal, Pesach morning, you have to say halal no matter what. Likewise, if you're davening mairiv, part of the nusach of mairiv is to say halal. So you say halal. If you're not davening in shli, diving at home, so say halal at home with a bracha. But if you learn that tzibur means no, there's a hakpada that it's done with a tzibur out of, outside the framework of Mairev. Mairev is over. And now there's a din to say halal bit tzibur. So if you don't have a tzibur, so you can't say halal, period, you don't say halal. Can you say without a bracha? Of course, you can say without a bracha. No harm done saying halal without a bracha. But should you? L'chari, you should. If your custom is to say halal, then l'chari, you should say halal without a bracha. But... Um, but to make a bracha, this machlekes apoiskim, do you make a bracha yitay biyachidus? And it would depend on what you would ordinarily do if you would ordinarily include the halal as part of the mairiv, then you can take the poiskim that say that you can say it, you can say it. But if you take, but if you would ordinarily say it outside the framework of mairiv, then you should follow the opinion that says that you should not, you should not say, um, Halal with a bracha. You should say without a bracha. Okay, another halacha I forgot to mention. Vayichulu. When you daven Mairiv Friday night, after Mairiv is over, do you say Morgain of voice? So if you're davening, if you don't have a minion and you're not davening in a shul, then you don't do it. Morgain of voice was only established to be said in a minyan kavua. If you don't have a minyan kavua, you do not say morgain avos. You want to say the paragraph? 
Some want to say that you don't say you want to, not or not. The whole thing was only established in the minyan kavua. In davening in your house, this is not called the minyan kavua, and therefore lechore you don't say any part of the magen It's not the bracha for sure, not and not even the paragraph magen Nothing should be said if you're not. So this is so the Mishnah Brewer. With your wife or your kid. So your kid, your child, definitely. This is an edus. Edus is a bit of testimony. You want to testify. So I, so it's not a real testimony. How do I know it's not a real testimony? Because it's nighttime. There's no din edus balayla. There's no din edus at night. So do you want to say it with your son? You can definitely say it with your son. Can you say it with your wife? L'chari, Yes. No harm done. I wouldn't. I can't see why it should be us to stay with your wife. But but do you even have to do that? The Chazoynish was not a fan of those people that after Ma'ariv would search for someone to say Vayichulu together with. The Chazoynish held you can say Vayichulu alone, all by yourself. You don't have to search for someone else. So certainly during these times, we don't have a minion. You can be makel. You can say Vayichulu all by yourself. If you want to say it with your someone else in your house, with your son, absolutely, you can do it. You can say it with your daughter and with your wife. There's no harm done. There's no. You can do it. Are you accomplishing anything? I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you're not. It's a din of edus. It's not a real testimony because if it was a real testimony, again, it could not be done at night. Testimony can only be done by day. It's a zeicher ledavar. So they want a te- testimony of father and a son. The Apostle Eidos, certainly a woman is Apostle Eidos. So, are you really accomplishing anything other than saying that it's a Zecher, that there is a, you want to, to some degree, acknowledge that Akadosh Baruch Hu is as a group and with another partner? There is no harm done, but you have absolutely no obligation to do so. And when it comes to a woman, you have to be very careful that it should not be a breach in the Darke Hatsnius. Okay, next issue. The next major issue is Moirid Hatol. What are we going to do for Moirid Hatol on the first day of Pesach? First of all, in the Shemayne Esri, when are you going to stop saying Mashiv Haruach or Moirid Hageshem? So the answer is do whatever you did last year. If you daven Nusach Ashkenaz, so it's not likely you say Moirid Hatol. If you don't say Moirid Hatol, what happens in Shul? The people, the people who do not say Moirid Hatol and just omit the entire sentence, the rule is they continue to say Mashiv HaRuach Moirid HaGeshem in the silent Shemayne Esrei of Musaf. What is the lumness? You don't make an announcement not to say something. There's no such thing as making an announcement not to do something. You only make an announcement to do something. Therefore, if you daven the custom is you say, you recite moirid hatol. You say moirid hatol. You say, so then the Silent Shmoyne Esrei, the Gabai gives a bang and he makes an announcement. Moirid Atol! He makes an announcement. 
So then you begin to recite Moirid Hatol during the silent Shemona Esrei. But if, hello? But if you dive in, but if you dive in Nusuch Ashkenaz, where you're not going to be reciting in the summertime Moirid Hatol, you're going to be reciting, you're just not going to say anything. So there's no such thing as making an announcement, don't say so you continue to say during the silent Shemona Esrei. That's it. So just do what you would ordinarily do. If, if you're a Nusach Svart person, will you say Murid Atol? So then at home, when you get to, when you at home, when you get to, when you get to Murid Atol, when you get to, when you get to Murid Atol, you say Murid Atol. If you're a Nusach Ashkenaz person, then you first begin to say Murid Hatol, you first begin to omit Mashiv Haruach Murid Ageshem by Mincha. But by Musaf, you continue to say Mashiv Haruach Murid Ageshem. If you make a mistake, either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the rule. The rule is the only time you can make a mistake is Musaf. Whatever you do, if you make a mistake by Musaf, Musaf, the first day Pesach, it doesn't matter. Because the tzibur is not fully adjusted. When it comes to mincha, then already after, already after, repeat the Shemona Esrei. But but do whatever you do would do, do in shul. If you're a nusach Ashkenaz person, continue to say Mashavruach by morning, and you first change by mincha. If you're a nusach Svar person who says Maranatol, you should make the change ready by musaf uh, in the morning. Now, do you say the piyutin? Do you say Tefilas Geshem? No. There's no Tefilas Geshem. Hello? Hello? Tefilas Geshem is only said, Tefilas Geshem is only said, is only said that the Nusach, when there's a Tzibur. It's very sad this year. It's not going to be said by anybody. Okay, it's not going to be said. The whole Nusach of, of Afbri, I, I always mix them up. Afbri, whatever, whatever the nusach, the whole, the whole elaborate tefillah sageshem with opening of the Arna Kodesh and saying the nusach, it's not said. Okay, to the best of my knowledge, it's, it, you don't say it. You only say it, but Sibor, it's not going to be said, b'yichidus. Okay, burning the chametz, we discussed the burning of the chametz this year. The Rabbanim have yet to make a clear announcement. In Lakewood, they already, in Lakewood, they already. Okay, in Lakewood, they already made the announcement. We have over here a visitor, Shalom Aleichem. It's good to hear a nice young voice, but I have, unfortunately, I'm going to have to mute you. <laughs> uh, in Lakewood, they already made an announcement that there's going to be no burning of the chametz. Okay, in Flatbush, they have not yet made any announcements, but it's very likely it's going to be even more, it's going to be even more chamor, because Flatbush is, is more city-like than Lakewood. And you can get away with a lot less here, so certainly it's not going to be. So you put out, for, you put out just very, very small pieces of, of chametz. Some hold the lechatchila; it should equal the size of a kezayis. And then in the morning, you'll basically say the kol chamira. Don't say the kol chamira in the bathroom. Say the kol chamira outside the bathroom, and you'll crumble it up into the toilet, and you'll flush, and that will be the equivalent of. Serefas chametz, af mefarer. All the laws, everything you've learned your whole life is coming into play now. In the Mishnah it says, "What do you do? You, you the machlekes? Do you burn the chametz or mefarer 
You crumble it up and you throw it into the wind. The wind of the toilet. Not the wind outdoors. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a new world today. Okay, what other unique halachos? Okay, Avner told me that it's going to be very interesting what to do about when Pesach is over. When Pesach is over, it's over on a Thursday. So you have one day to buy chametz. It's not a good idea. There's going to be the chametz rush. Everyone is going to will come to the bakery to line up to buy chametz on Friday. There's going to be a violation of social distancing. Now, the truth is, we don't know what's going to be then. Doesn't look too good, that's for sure. It doesn't look like it's going to be much different at all. Maybe it'll be a little bit better then. I don't know. It doesn't seem there's going to be much of a difference. So, Ezehu Chacham Haroye Es Hanoilat. Remember we had this discussion that people are makbed not to sell chametz gomor. They don't want to sell chametz gomor. They only sell chametz muksha. We'll get, but this year is not a year for chumras. This year is a year for kulas. When Pesach is over, it's over Thursday night. Shabbos is the next day. When are you going to buy chametz? You're going to go out into the street and wait on lines? and violate social distancing, it's So it would be wise, Rabbi Sai, this year, to buy chametz now, to prepare in advance, and buy the chametz that you want to eat next Shabbos, when Pesach is over, to have all of that chametz ready to go, and sell it to a non-Jew. Because what are you going to do? Think about it. What are you going to do? It's not likely it's going to be any better in two weeks. It may be better. Halavai, halavai, halavai. But the social distancing is not, not going to go away so quickly. Maybe they'll let us go back to shul, but it's going to be very unpleasant in shul. Not to probably, until you probably have to distance yourself uh, six feet, all, these, all of these chumras. It's not going to go back to normal so quickly. So going to the store is not going to be a very pleasant thing and they're not going to deliver it to you in one day. Buy a lot of chametz. Buy a lot of good stuff. Put it in your freezer. Sell the freezer to the guy. Even though maybe you, you want to be from the machmirim that don't sell chametz gomer to a guy, this year is not a year for chumras. Okay, no one's telling you to be machmer this year in anything. It's not a year for chumras. Plan ahead. <laughs> That's regular. That doesn't change. You take a box. You take a box, box, box of machine matzah kosher lepesach, kosher lepesach machine matzah, and you you get your next door neighbor. Okay, you next you have you have you have to have a mezake al yidei acher has to. Well, that's not so in your own. Uh, Eruvi Chatzeros, or Eruvi Tavshulim. You shouldn't make Eruvi Chatzeros. You want to have social uh, distancing. So don't make Eruvi Chatzeros. What? If you have in a building in Eruv, you make it Eruvi Chatzeros. What's the Shiloh? What's the big deal? You have yeah. Yeah. What do you mean, where? You have a box of matzah, and you have one person. So you can carry, so you can carry in the building, you can carry in the courtyard one at a time. The building, it's the owner, 
problem. It's a this is a no. There's no difference. Let's not get involved in this. There's no but difference. You live on a block and you live in separate houses. You should not make a You're not allowed to carry on Shabbos alone. You don't have to have social distancing. What? If you have, let's say, you have a dead end on a block, on a street. You have on a street, you have an Erev on a dead end street. Those people who make an Erev on a dead end street. So, this, you want to go out, you want to go for, you want to go for uh, outside on, on, Yom, on Shabbos for, for five minutes just to get some fresh air. And you want to go carry in your hand. People want to carry. I'm sorry to tell you who want to carry. You don't, have to have, you don't have to violate social distancing to carry. You're allowed to go out in, 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 into, into the lobby of your building, an apartment building, or to go out in, go outside outdoors when there's no one there. You're not allowed to carry. You're not allowed to carry alone. Even if you're the only person there and you're not in a violation of social distancing, you're not allowed to carry. The halach of carrying is not when there are two people present. The halach is you're not allowed to carry even if there's no one present. If this rishus is owned jointly, by more than one person, even if that person is living in Israel, he's living in, in uh, Australia, you're not allowed to carry in that Rishus because the Rishus is owned by two people. You have to make an Eruvi Chatzeros. So you make the Eruvi Chatzeros like you make every year Eruvi Chatzeros. There's no difference. That, that, is exactly, that is exactly the same. Okay, Tzvilas Kalim. There are two solutions. A person happens to purchase new utensils. There are two solutions. Solution number one is declare in front of three people that you're mafkir the utensil. You're mafkir it. And then call me up and I'll come and I'll pick it up. Okay, that's solution number one. Solution number two is a better solution and that is the Rabbanim have to adapt their stories. When you sell your chametz to the guy, sell him the kalim. These particular utensils. The only reason why you ordinarily do not sell your kalim to a non-Jew is because if you sell a yearn kalim to a non-Jew, when you buy them back from him, when Pesach is over, you're going to have to take all of your kalim to the mikvah to be toivel them all again. And that is not a good idea. So what do we do? We clean them, we mafkir the bliyos, the absorptions, and we just put them aside. We don't sell it to a guy. You don't sell your kalim to a guy. No such thing. You mafkir the bliyos. You rent to the guy the location where the kalim are, but you don't sell the kalim to a guy. But this year, we're anyway going to have to ultimately be toivel the new kalim. So what do you got to lose? Sell the kli to the guy, so it's not yours, and then rent it from him. And if you're renting a utensil that does not belong, that belongs to a guy, there is no obligation to be toivel in the mikvah. And it's legally owned by a human being. It's not like a subterfuge where, where it's hefker, when you know it's not hefker. If it's really hefker, so how come it's still in your house? It definitely appears to be a much better solution that you should, you should rent, you should, you should sell the kalim to a non-Jew, rent them back from him, and you can use it without being toiled them in, in the mikvah. Okay, anyone have any questions? Any other Shilas that are relevant to this year? The unique situation? Anyone have any other Shilas? I, I, think, I think I've covered everything I wanted to cover. Anyone want to unmute themselves with any questions? I'll, I'll, I'll unmute you all in one shot. You'll, you, can, you can speak out. You can all speak out. Unmute all. Okay, now there's a lot of noise. 
All right, Rabbi Yisai, I think that is it for today. I really want to do some Haggadah, but we went over time in the Halachas, which are very, very important. So I'll make it up to you to Mishram tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll devote, we will devote the remainder of the time to Haggadah. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Be very careful. Be very, very safe. Don't put your hands, you have to train yourself like me, don't put your hands to your face. Keep your hands away from your mouth, nose, and eyes. It's very dangerous. Very dangerous to touch your no- mouth, nose, and eyes. That's a very good way to keep yourself safe. Have a wonderful day. Yes. Yeah. Um, going back to the, to the for a moment, we were talking about uh, Megamah, right? Rabbi yeah, 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 I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. About the word Megamah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, a thought occurred to me, what does the word Megam game mean? Megam game, it means to make a mistake. No. Mega- yeah. Uh, um, it means, like, to... Mumble. Mumble, okay, very good. Or, in other words, to swallow one's words. Interesting. Megam game, interesting. You're swallowing your words, the same principle. Very, very good. Excellent, excellent. That is a very, very good insight. Very, okay. very good. That is all. How is everything about, how is everyone by you, Rebuchol? How is everyone by you? Baruch Hashem. And Elliot is feeling better. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. My brother-in-law, I don't know. No. He has in Israel. What, David? No, my brother-in-law. Oh, brother-in-law. So how is he doing? I don't know uh, at the moment. But uh, uh, he hasn't gone. You can't get a doctor. But uh, he was tested positive and he wasn't feeling well. So we'll see.